Hello, I'm Nate, and welcome to Psych for Today, a podcast that helps you understand the psychology behind events, situations, and people in our world today. Today, my coworker Megan has joined me to talk a little bit about the psychology behind some of the violence and shootings we've seen in our country recently. There's a lot of different reasons and perspectives for why they are happening. And today, Megan and I will explore a little bit of what we think is going on. But I'm curious to know what your reactions have been to it. To the news? Yeah, just to, to kind of everything that's been going on, waking up and every morning, it feels like there's something else that's happened and it's all been pretty close to home. Mm, yeah, too. yeah. Well, my theory is that we've kind of gotten to a place in our culture where we're so individualistic that nobody, mm. that nobody knows who's supposed to act, mm. you know? Like, particularly with these shootings and particularly with the violence and particularly with, uh, I think mostly just the violence we've seen, you know, who's supposed to, who is supposed to act, you know, like for instance, you and I, your average person, kind of sees a troubled individual, particularly with this guy, Nicholas Cruz, and we kind of think to ourselves, um, out of sight, out of mind. Mm. I don't want the guy in my school. Mm -hmm. I don't want the guy in my neighborhood. But then the FBI interviews him, and they're kind of like, well, we can't really arrest him (laughs) because he actually hasn't done anything. And then the guy selling the guns can't really do anything because you know, Second Amendment rights, and there's no mm-hmm. kind of procedures in place to screen these individuals. And then, let's just say, like, the pseudo-government systems, like education and teachers can't do anything because the only legal recourse they have is suspension and expulsion. Right. expulsion. And then let's say the kid in Nicholas Cruz's case with the Parkland shooting, you know, was adopted. You have parents, you know. He wasn't really adopted, I think. He was more taken in mm-hmm. after his after his parent died mm. or parents died. So then you have these like kind of pseudo step parents who are kind of taking him in and they don't know when to really act, you know? So, so it becomes a problem of like who acts mm. and we've kind of seen this over and over again, like with the pulse sh- shooter, um, with all the kind of minor shootings with the, um, shooter, um, at the Las Vegas concert. It's like who acts when, you know? That's always the hard question. Yeah, yeah, because if everybody acted, right, like if like if, if all of society was kind of like, you know, acting at the same time, then everybody from mm-hmm. a shooter's neighbor mm-hmm. to, like, the guy selling the gun to everybody in between would be stepping in and, and helping to kind of prevent this from happening. Mm-hmm. But you have, you know, the neighbor who wants to not act. Then you have the friend who doesn't want to act. <laughs> then you have the school yes. or the guy selling the gun that doesn't want to act. And then you have the FBI and the government that can't act because he actually hasn't done anything. And so it's kind of just like, okay, we're waiting. We're just waiting, mm-hmm. you know. And then when something happens, then we all act. And then we all want to overreact, uh-huh. you know, when in reality, if we just, I don't know, my, my opinion kind of started acting sooner, mm-hmm. I think we'd see a lot. But that's tough. That's tough. For, it's tough for Americans to act. You know, what was that old acronym? N- N- Nimsby? Not in my backyard. 
NIMBY. It was an acronym designed for um, landfill companies who didn't want to build, who, who, who were told not to build in, in certain neighborhoods or in certain districts. So there's this term called NIMBY, not in my backyard. Mm, kind of like the no Walmart in my neighborhood. Right, right. It, yeah, we do it with prisons and we do it with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, different kinds of institutions we don't like. So anyways, that's my opinion. I think that's a, a really profound one. Um, over the weekend, I listened to Rosaria Butterfield speak about her new book. Um, and she kind of has a, a radical view of what it looks like to um, be in community with the people in our neighborhood. And she told this really profound story about befriending a neighbor um, and being the only people in the neighborhood to really befriend him. And then they find out later that he actually is building a meth lab in his house and gets busted and the cops are there and Hmm. neighbors are afraid and frustrated and angry and they can't believe that um, you know, the Butterfields are friends with this person and we're trying to reach out to him and trying to be good neighbors. And, and what, what the Butterfields do over the series of a number of weeks is they open up their home and they provide soup and bread or barbecue in the winter when it snows and they, they put it on next door. And, mm. and multiple, multiple neighbors come over and they process through what happened and how people are feeling and really take them through the steps of what does it look like to forgive this man and to to hope for restoration for him and to be able to process this and they do it together in community and people listening to her story she she talks really well about people how people move through the shock and anger towards um, feeling scared towards the grief process of grieving what happened and processing it and then moving into forgiveness and acceptance Mm. in a way that was really healthy, but it required really a lot of energy on their part to open up their house to that many people that long and to really be able to help walk them through that takes a lot of responsibility. It does. Um, It does. And, and, and that is really just like, yeah, like, like that's the real hill the real bump that a lot of us got to get over is that it takes energy and it takes mm-hmm. heart and emotion and whatnot, you know, to to really get out there and kind of love people when it's hard mm-hmm. and it's not easy. So, and that's that's the hardest part for a lot of people is is I think they they want to wait until it feels like they want to. Yeah, until it yeah. feels easy. <laughs> let it, yeah, let, let, let it come. Yeah, right. Like, like yeah. yeah. It's, it's not. Some of the best things take the most work and don't um, always feel really good when you start. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Thanks for listening to Psych for Today. For more podcasts, blogs, and other information, visit ncwebster.com.